1: since we turned <laughs> as on as the always. microphone. So as actually as we're glad you guys are joining us. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We are back. Uh, we're doing the Mad Dash as you are toward the very end of the year. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to, I guess, kind of normal life. This is that weird part of the year where between Thanksgiving and Christmas when you're going to have another break. Yeah. It never really feels normal, even if you're going to work and doing stuff, but we're glad
0: that you're with us. That's true. I can't believe a new year is coming fast at us, which is amazing. We've got lots of plans. As Todd said, we've been discussing all kinds of things for the new year and, and new adventures, and there's so many new cars to drive. We've talked about all these new cars. The Supra is one of the ones we got shot, but there's the Ticon, there's the new Vet, Mm -hmm. all these cool cars coming down the pike that Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is what we want to drive. And so we're we're working on those. Thank you for joining us, guys. We've got a really interesting topic Tuesday about how to enjoy driving more. Mm. Sent to us from Raymond. He's out in Overland Park, Kansas. And I've got a lot of, um, a little bit philosophical kinds of musings to introduce to you that, you know, just thoughts about how do we all enjoy driving more? Okay. And then we've got a pretty cool debate from Dalton and in San Francisco, California, who wants something 1975 and older. Sure. <laughs> Which is not the usual debate well, because we always
1: tend, tend towards the new. He's also shopping for his fourth and maybe fourth and fifth car. <laughs> That's the other part of this I like. Is is it both of the, the trend in both of these, actually the topic Tuesday and the debate, is somebody kind of – Wondering if they're actually shopping for their fourth car. And then at the very end, I'm sure you read it, but at the very end of Dalton's email, it takes this little twist where he's like, well, while I'm at it, maybe I get this for my wife. So maybe a fifth sitting there. But that means the Cayenne and the Lancer are getting regularly used by both my wife and I as we go different places. Right. Which right. brings me back to what am I going to do when I have a fourth car? I'm going to have two cars that just sit.
0: So this is the fourth car problem. You're going to have to carve a new parking space in your yard. Oh, I have.
1: I've already carved Seriously? a parking space in my yard. Oh, yes, I awful. dug out a parking space over the weekend because I thought if I don't do it now, it's going to get harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. it will. Yeah. If you
0: don't build up the mounds of snow to it's kind of... It's happened delineate. already, buddy. Oh, I have that's built hilarious. a parking
1: space in my yard.
0: Meanwhile, the Quattroporte video has dropped on YouTube, and I hope you enjoy as much as I have. Thank you guys for finding it and watching it. We've had a lot of great viewership on that. Yeah. And that's just... Video number one. And by the way, a lot of you have said, why didn't you record the exhaust audio? Well, it was a kind of a spur of the moment shoot on the way home from Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched it yet. And I didn't have a crew, it was just me. So. <laughs> That we're saving that for future. You will get to hear the Maserati. Going
1: to pl- plenty of coverage.
0: Yeah, tons of coverage. So yeah, yeah. we're going to be obviously doing the long term updates. But the the QP5 video has dropped. Mm-hmm. So go find that. Hopefully and we're waiting years. a week or so
1: away. I've got to get it long enough to shoot it. That's the problem.
0: I'm going to share this publicly, and that was uh, after watching a bunch of movies with my family over the Thanksgiving holiday. Okay. I came away wanting you and I to have the super high filmmaking, like Hollywood producer production value. Pick a song, whatever that is. Okay. And it's a video just about the Phaeton oh, to no. whatever song.
1: You're making music videos now.
0: It's, seriously. Okay. Yeah, that's All kind right, of yeah, what yeah. I wanted to do and the music video about the about Maserati <laughs> life over here. And I was just sort of envisioning, you know how you dream, like, wouldn't that be cool kind yeah. of thing? And I was envisioning, you know, tying in all the genres of movies that you like, from James Cameron to Star Wars to Braveheart, and <laughs> oh, like no. you're in costume, but the fate is, is worked into the film uh-huh. somehow, yeah. into the music video. Yeah. And then same with the QP5 because I got it in Vegas, and so there's, you know, you're doing an Ocean's Eleven babes thing, babes everywhere, and yeah, yeah. you it. know, Maserati life, and there's helicopters, and there might be a spy element, you know, like <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking about, you know, if we produce these and just do these definitive. <laughs> videos so, but they're music videos for our cars that's what that i is, wanted to do that is At funny a super and super expensive yeah. height like 80 people on set so what you're talking about cgi <laughs> you're in costume there's swords for these your videos. these are our
1: feature films for next year is what you're yes. saying we have two 10 minute yes. masterpieces on these two ridiculous cars and this then we give them I away want. yeah and okay. then
0: you know they're forever immortalized and people have something. never wanted a phaeton and a QP5 more than People they People have do already after told, they told us that this. now
1: they're Maserati shopping after watching your video, which I find simultaneously, <laughs> I it, it, it's, it's kind of like, I'm excited we're making it influence and please don't infect yourself. It's kind of both at once. <laughs> <Exactly>. But anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah. Shall we do this topic Tuesday? We should. We're jumping into the question about how to enjoy driving more from Raymond. And Raymond, thank you for sending us this. He sent us an email, and it's less about finding you a car that you love to drive and more about addressing your question because said you started listening to the podcast a little little over a month ago and you want our take on your situation because you're not buying a car anytime soon but you want to know what to keep an eye out for in terms of used mm-hmm. cars, based on the situation. Yeah. Now he's got a growing family. He said he's married with a nine-month-old nine-month-old twins, twins and a four-year-old. Yes. You do have a growing family. Wow. He's busy. Yes. So they do have a 2017 minivan, which is a gift from his mom when we found out there were twins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you weren't getting twins, I was just going to get you the Honda Civic.
1: But now that you have twins, <laughs> you need a minivan, and you need a lot of other things exactly. because you're not going to sleep anymore. So there's that as well. Yeah.
0: Exactly. All right. So they also have a 2010 Lexus RX 350. The egg. the egg. With low miles, all the options, and so they're keeping these two cars for his wife and his father-in-law who stays with them occasionally to drive. Got it, yep. So they said the seating position of an SUV is worth way more to them because they bought it used than they'd be able to sell it for anyway. Yeah. All right. so his daily is a 2014 Lexus GS 350 F-Sport all-wheel drive. He Mm -hmm. bought it a couple years ago. 83,000 miles, he said, but I'm really enjoying this car. He likes it, yeah. It's, it's the great great first him, car man. I paid money for. <laughs> were you
1: paying in meatballs prior for your well, cars? Or? It's certainly something that he's actually spent real money on, because he,
0: he had an old ES250. Would ES- you take this tribal mask in return <laughs> for
1: this <dyslexis>. Lexus? <laughs> Maybe he did the Craigslist uh, trade thing. <laughs> he had an old ES250, which was pretty boring. He had a couple of old Corollas that were unbelievably boring. His only car he actually really liked Really loved before this current Lexus is this 1997 Honda Accord EX, but it was a four-cylinder in the terrible champagne that was popular in the 90s. Champagne. Yeah. So what's interesting is he's landed on this 2014 uh, GS350 F-Sport. And he really, really likes this car. But this is where the question comes from, is that, okay, so I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. And, and we get the opposite email a lot. We get the opposite email, <laughs> which is, I like this car, but I can't stop looking at others, and I want to buy something else now. But in yeah, this case, yeah. in this case, we have a situation where Raymond is looking at this going, I really like this car. I don't have really any problems with this car. Right, so right. kind of what should he be thinking about? What, what might be a good next step? Because he's not really like – imbalanced enough to look at it and go, I want to be over there.
0: Sure. And we can't just say buy the hottest sports car, the most raw, you no. know, stripped down sports no. car you can possibly he's buy. He's a guy coming out of minivans and Alexis. You know, yeah. so he's got a commute here that's four and a half miles through the suburbs. And he says it's very common for him to spend a couple hours of his day driving back and forth, sometimes highway, sometimes local to pick up things for work. Now, get this. He runs a restaurant and often has trips. He says, I need to make runs to Costco or other wholesalers to pick up cases of food or drinks. He said, so having a sedan is great because he doesn't have to go crazy to fit stuff into his car. Sure. Hence the GS, which is actually perfect for that. Mm -hmm. And it's comfortable. But he says, I wonder if maybe downgrading to something less comfortable might be more fun. And, you know, he got a good deal in the GS, and he says, I don't want to say goodbye to how comfortable and cushy the interior is. So fourth car, fourth car, (laughs) tool for the job, my friend. Uh huh. He says he's noted the GLA 45 AMG that we keep recommending. He says it's very intriguing, but he doesn't think there's a value for him to move out of the GS into the GLA because it'll cost him money to do so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. He says for this fourth car, it'd be great to spend about fifteen k. <laughs> sure. If he trades sure. in the GS, about thirty. Yeah. But he'd be happier in the twenty five thousand dollars range. Maybe manual. Does Does he daily it? He wants something more modern, comfortable seats. Now he's five foot six, so he fits in anything. That's a place he, I'm jealous. He likes that. the. You can move the seat forward, the driver's in, seat forward in five, Got six, floorboard it, space at, behind it. At, at five
1: foot six, two plus twos become genuine four seat cars.
0: That's true. That's what happens
1: <laughs> That's here. It's true. You buy yourself a nine eleven or an eighty six chassis and you can take the entire family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So his family's not huge on domestic cars, but he won't rule anything out. And, you know, he'll wash it occasionally. He can't buy a car and baby it, he says. And he also doesn't want to be perceived as a boss who flaunts an expensive car in the parking lot. Sure, sure, sure. And he spills sauce in the car occasionally and other things. Which has made you horrified, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take the carpets out of wherever he buys.
1: Actually, But but you know what? The Lexus is surviving. <laughs> Lexus is doing fine. It's doing fine. I mean, that's the big thing that's happening here is that Raymond's actually sitting comfortably in his Lexus going, should I move
0: somewhere else? And that's because the scenario. Oh, He's around. It. He's enjoying it. A lot. Short trips. Yeah, 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 for sure. So how do you enjoy driving more? And yes, one of the answers you said is... Find a really stripped down hot car. I mean, suddenly the boss yeah. is driving a Caterham. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> he, he he brought one jar of sauce with him.
0: I got but the he sauce. The everyone, yeah. <laughs> I held it out the out the side of the cab the I'm, entire time since I'm I bought being it. I'm helpful. Yeah. So I I thought about this Raymond. I've been thinking about this for a while because I think this will touch on a lot of listeners' thoughts when you're in stuck in the commute and yeah, you yeah, yeah. you love cars and driving, but you want to know how do you do it more. Mm-hmm. So these are I admit a bit philosophical, but I want you to get thinking differently. And so first of all is being deliberate about enjoying your drive, and that mm-hmm. is taking a different route. Mm-hmm. Now, not just take a different one, take. All of the different ones. Find <laughs> yeah. all yeah, of yeah, the yeah. long way around different routes you sure, can possibly sure, sure, can. Yeah. A, you're going to see a different part of town that you mm-hmm. might be like, oh, I didn't know that was over here. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. cool. You're going to find new routes. You're going to, you know, find longer distances for your car to travel. And, you know, maybe you'll like or find things you dislike about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, though, I want you to ask yourself a question. Okay. What is a car? If Whoa. somebody asked you, what is a car? Tell me the answer to this first. You're starting way out. Okay, I really am. am. Go on. Go so on. imagine yourself, Raymond, describing a car to someone who had never heard of such a thing.
1: Okay. What right. would
0: you tell them a car is?
1: I'd get a chance to use the word conveyance in a sentence.
0: You, you would. <laughs> okay. So you just do you describe the mechanical nature of it and the approximate size and the number of wheels it has and what you can do with it and how you control it fast or slow or haul stuff or haul people or it looks good? It's practical or functional or it's useless. Would you also philosophize a bit and describe it as an invention that's been transformed over a century since its inception? Wow. From a replacement for horse-drawn carriages to an aggregation of raw materials tortured into a shape, painted a color that makes you feel good about it. <laughs> a consumer product. It is. It's a big, expensive product. Maybe it's a mechanical device that represents freedom and style and emotion. Or it's a rare personal device that people, all of us, can customize to express themselves beyond personal hygiene and clothing. All of the above. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It might be a little bit esoteric in its way out there. A little
1: bit, but I'm, I'm enjoying you. You're coming in from outer space. I am. You're, you're like outer floating space. in. What is Gravity almost has you at this point.
0: Because yeah. ultimately, what it wants you to do by describing all these choices, once you define what a car is, maybe that will help you make a buying decision for what you think a car is. And when people ask, Hey, so you decided on that one. How come? He said, you know what? I stepped back and redefined what cars mean to me. Interesting. Okay. All right. So moving on here. Is a car a mechanism that helps humans develop rapid hand, foot, and eye coordination and skills? (laughs) I can't dance, but I can drive. I went driving with my brother-in-law over the weekend, and he bought that $1,500 1988 Saab 900 turbo. How is that? It's sloppy.
1: (laughs) Sloppy is kind. Which makes sense. I mean, let's be. Honest. When you hear that description, it it makes
0: sense. Let's be honest. He told my niece to put it neutral. He's like, no, neutral is like this, and it was like he was stirring soup with the There's gear shift lever. There's a whole lot of lever. neutral on that car. Like, huh? No, no, no. It's just left to right. You see the graphic on top of the shift lever. It's just left and There's right. There's a that whole is...
1: lot of neutral. Okay, so did, that means. Did the... you drive it too? I
0: drove it. Okay, it's sloppy. <laughs> Everything has a little bit extra. <laughs> But that's okay. He's rediscovered driving. Sure, And he yeah, loves yeah. driving it. Yeah, yeah. And he drives around in Seattle weather with the top down. Okay. Because he loves driving it. So, okay. All right. But that thing is helping my niece and nephew learn hand, foot, and eye coordination and skills. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing? Yeah, I, I see it. I see it. <clears throat> All right. Do you sc- describe cars as rather large rolling convergences of elements that quite literally <laughs> pays for the health care of the people who build it? You've had way too much fun with this. I've had a lot of fun with this. Or is it an aspirational object by which we all measure wealth and personal success and judge other people for driving? I keep looking for the check Check all of the above box, yeah. I think cars could be a barometer of economics and international trade designed <laughs> to move money around the world. <laughs> Are sales of this object up or down? That is a barometer of economic success (laughs) or failure. I am so quickly out of my depth here. It's not even funny. Yes. Okay. Cars can also be described as a piece of technology continually being reinvented and reimagined to address political or social or environmental concerns. As they are currently. Yes. Point taken. They're also a commodity to convey national pride for the country that makes it. (laughs) Are they not? Gosh. (laughs) My my head hurts. You've taken time. I'm impressed. Raymond, a car could just be a contraption. uh, I'm going to use your word, a conveyance. Yes. That transports you from one location to another that ends up being much faster than walking or riding a bicycle. All of the above. Okay. It's this magical rolling thing that transports people very rapidly across continents. Mm Mm-hmm. Germany. Yes. Welcome to Germany. Rapidly, yes. I mean, that's what the Phaeton was designed to do, is transport people across a continent. You, you will
1: be very impressed when we actually do some
0: freeway driving in that car, how well it does on the freeway. Thinking about flying? Have you heard of the Phaeton? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is a car an appliance that just gets you to and from your job? Or my personal favorite for the future, Okay, is a car a actually a robotic service running complex software that's controlled by a network of satellites and sensors that connect to an app on your phone and automatically charge your credit card when you need one (laughs) I think cars are freedom to get away from a current situation they're freedom to go for a drive for the sake of driving they're freedom to take a road trip we all feel differently and better after you take a road trip you just do I also like the technology upgrade part of this you know even a small performance upgrade even tires can be a a really deep cave in which you go spelunking and never return to the surface (laughs) yes true and finally, Raymond, you can once you describe what driving a car means to you, hopefully then you can address a change. In other words, which of all these categories that I've mentioned means the most to you? And you, if you do something to change something in that category, what would bring you joy? Okay. So I'm putting the question back on you. First, define a car. Go back through this list of... What does it mean to you? What is most important to you? What is uh, Paul's nuts? And I don't agree with that or whatever it is. Or Paul, Paul's nuts, but that's I, okay. <laughs> it's all right. That's fine. Uh, stepped on a rake there. Yeah, you did. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? But ultimately, it's been a while since I – back at me. It's been a while since I've defined a car for myself. And Interesting. Why okay. do I love right. cars so much? Because here I am talking to my niece and nephew. They're both in college. They're working hard. They're not really into cars, my niece – could care less. Let's be honest. Yeah, but yeah. she is interested in learning to drive a manual. Interesting. Interestingly okay. enough, that's surprising. All right, my nephew is. You know, he's in computer science and he's going to be an amazing programmer. I can already tell. I mean, he's staying up till three a.m. every night doing Good solving grief. all these complex problems. He's going to be amazing. And so he's a little bit interested in cars, but doesn't know a whole lot. And he's also interested in heel and toe. And all these other hmm. concepts, and I Interesting. Okay. driving him around in the Saab. I thought, what What sparked it? How did I learn to drive manual? Hmm. It's been so long, I forgot how I learned. Interesting. Okay. And I was reminded by my dad. He said, "Well, we took you over to a parking lot, and we just practiced over and over." Mm-hmm. So is that all? Just muscle memory, and my both of them play the cello amazingly well. If they were to tell me how to play the cello, I'd be like, I. How? What? And they're like, no, you just do <laughs> try, it. Try again. Just do it. And it's, you know, they muscle memory on their part. So I'm just sort of musing as you I'm spending the, the week
1: with them this sort Is sort of. This is what uh, happens when you go off for a little while and have some time off. They, I do. Music musing happens. <laughs>
0: I'm just going Step back. Falls musing. What what is it about driving and my love for cars? Because it just tumbles out. As soon as we talk about anything remotely related to, to cars, it just all tumbles out. This passion, this love, and people are like, whoa. Yeah, good thing you do this for a living. Seriously,
1: I have that conversation with people all the time. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so I think, all right, why am I? What what is it? Why do I love them so much? Why why? And so I'm I'm trying to redefine and have my own car choices. Am, am I on the right track? I mean, I own a Maserati. <laughs> that defines something. I'm not sure it's good, so. but something's happened there. Yeah. So ultimately. The entire point is to define what driving and what cars means to you, Raymond. And wow. I've said this before, but hopefully once you figure that out, if it comes back to I want a lotus and it's gotta be super awful in every situation but a corner <laughs> <laughs> Easy there. Easy there. <laughs> I'm I'm you're you're yeah. I'm going extremes,
1: right? Yes, now. you are I, I'm I, off at extremes. You. It's land. okay, fine, yes. You know what I mean? So I do. once
0: I do. you define that, will that change your perception? Like, no. I've had time with the GS and it's time to move on. And I want something that will balance the driving. So I go for an old Z3 coupe mm-hmm. so I can store, you know, I can take restaurant supplies and food in the back and it's still a real, real drive sports car or something like that. And yeah. You arrive at a different place yeah. and it also defines, you know, what genre year of car, you know, you're, you're totally. selecting. So I'm really hoping that it helps. I really am. Raymond, I'm going to go somewhere totally
1: different. That's that's quite uh, it's quite ethereal on your part, Paul. There's a, there's a lot of really good thinking. It's there. not often you just you were off. You, you were off. You had it's some time off, things. and this is what happens to your brain. I'm <laughs> exactly. quite impressed, uh, Raymond. I'm going to attack this a little bit differently because I'm looking at the list of things in your garage and the list of things in your driving history, and I'm thinking that the answer here is not to change anything in your current garage. I don't often do that, but you're you're entertaining a fourth car, so let's embrace that, okay? Because the cars you have all serve a purpose. We talk about tool for the job often, okay? Yeah, yeah. The minivan is because you have twins and more. The the R X <laughs> And more. The R X three fifty yeah. is is helpful, plus your father in law drives it. He likes this the the ease of uh, getting in and out, which actually can become a big thing. I've talked to people before that they need the SUV because they want to not have to sit down into anything. That happens, and okay. the RX is great for that. So okay. both of those are staying their tool for the job. You're looking at the GS and going, there's nothing wrong with this. And you know what? For your usage, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with it. Sure, sure. But here's the thing. Nothing in your driving history and your current cars is small or rear-wheel drive. That's a great point. So, great point. I think what you need to be doing is thinking about your smaller end budget—that fifteen grand or below, at least
0: with a trailer for foods, restaurant supplies. No, 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 no. Oh. That's the thing. Leave Leave the Lexus to do its job. Okay, okay.
1: But if you want to know how to enjoy driving more, you need to have a completely new driving experience, and it needs to be the lightest rear-wheel drive thing you can afford that you like. And start looking at look. I can go MR2 Spider here. I can go now. Elise is out of your. Budget. I actually like that. But MR2 Spider, of course, the Miata works here for fifteen grand. You can get yourself an eighty six chassis. So FRS BRZ, the eighty six. Any of those are possible for fifteen grand. You could do an old Porsche nine forty four. What are cars mm-hmm. that meet that criteria? That if I were to say that car to you, you go. I've always really liked those. What is that car, Raymond? Because mm. that's the car I think you should get. But also chase something that's light. We need light and rear-wheel drive because that is an experience that, honestly, this is the thing that transformed me as a driver because I was driving big, if you've listened to the podcast, Chevy Caprices that were hand-me-downs from my dad. <laughs> it wasn't until I started getting into really, really light stuff, and the, and the Elise was fairly early in that progression, that I just went, where has this been? that this feeling you're talking unlike about unlike anything else. Yeah. I mean, I had this a little bit when I got I, I had a Caprice and a couple of SUVs and some handy downs, and I wound up in an Audi 90. I forgot about that okay. car from the 90s, I I had a 1990 about it. Audi 90. This is what eventually becomes the A4, okay? Tiny front-wheel drive German car. I had never experienced any of those things. Tiny German or front-wheel drive. Hmm. I'd never had a car that was any of those. It hmm. was all three. Hmm. And while I quickly realized it wasn't for me i loved the new driving experience of it i loved how chuckable it was i loved how different it felt yeah and then after that i finally got my 300zx so that was my first rear wheel drive dedicated sports car that's right that's right this is starting to shape me and then we start doing the show and in the first probably 18 months of doing the show i drove in a lease for the first time and i went what is this now (laughs) okay also drove things like the the mini cooper from its resurgence and these kind of things that i was just like these are Awesome. The Mazda Speed 3 I drove in that same era. Sure. Right, right. So you need small rear-wheel drive as your next experience. You need to seek out places you can drive it. I was actually looking up your area. You're in Overland Park, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City. Fleming Park and surrounding roads are halfway decent. I, this is what Google Maps tells nice, me. So nice. So Fleming Park, you can even go there. But, but here's the thing. You're in a major metropolitan area. Kansas City, I know, has auto crossing events. Yeah, absolutely they do. So yeah, yeah. I think you need to have driving experiences you've never had. This will help you enjoy driving more. And it may change your own your Lexus, but I think the Lexus is a great tool for the job. So when you're ready, start thinking, what's a small, light, rear-wheel drive car I could afford that the minute that I land on it, I just go, I have to have one of those? And that's your answer. And then take that on different drives than anything else in your life. Take it out a crossing. Seek out a fun back road. Take it on the things where you wouldn't drive any of the rest of your stable, and I think you will grow as a driver and you will love driving even more.
0: If you have your own philosophical take on how to drive, <laughs> love driving more, <laughs> everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website under the About tab in the top right corner, there's a contact button. You can click that. Send us an email with your car debate or your topic Tuesday or your car conclusion or just to else. say, Hey, just, just because you were bored. Yeah. You know, we get those emails too. And they're still fun. They're still great. Fun. Yeah. Thank you sure. guys for sending all of this. Yes. Cl- uh, yeah. Click on that. Send us your topic Tuesday, send us your car debates. I know you guys are going to be shopping in the new year. So bring, you need a fourth car. <laughs> we're your guys. Fourth cars for everyone. What is going on <laughs> in the world? <laughs> you might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see
1: results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to Autotrader
0: or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft.
1: They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler
0: when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long.
1: We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're back with Dalton, who's writing in from San Francisco. And I, here's my biggest question here. This is another I Need a Fourth Car debate. <laughs> that's what we're going <laughs> to rename did that the podcast. Happen? <laughs> I Need a, the, the, welcome to the I Need a Fourth Car debate. That's, that's not right. <laughs> but but his big, the big thing I'm curious about is he lists his three current cars, which are good. Okay, We've got a, a Mazda Speed Miata. We've got a, a BMW 20, uh, 2016 M3 DCT BMW. That is the family car, which I love that. And he's got a mini Clubman S with, that is his wife's car. Where are you parking these? It's San Francisco.
0: I <laughs> wonder if he's got this a house. is almost or...
1: like New York where, where parking is almost as expensive as your mortgage? Uh, maybe, yeah. But but in spite you know. of that, in spite of that, Dalton is so hardcore, he's looking for a fourth car. And this is the primary requirement is new experience, but this is where it gets hard for you and me. It's
0: 1975 and older. Yeah, this is interesting. Being in the part of the country that is so tech-heavy... Because you said, Dalton, as much as you love technology, you're less and less drawn to electric cars, electric power steering and brakes and throttle and drive-by-wire. You want feeling. You want to mm-hmm. be able to just drive your own car. And you don't like driver aids sure, except regular sure. cruise control, which I'm with you on the regular cruise control. I want to start a lobby for regular cruise control. <laughs> I don't want the distance and you figure it because then you come up behind somebody driving just really slow. And suddenly you have to go there, Speed? I don't think so. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm... Anyway. So, Dalton is uh, actually a... Uh, he's currently in the U.S. Navy Reserves. Previously yep. active duty, yep. he says, as a Navy officer. On reserve de- deployment for almost a year. He won't be back home to the U.S. until 2020 springtime. So, his wife the is paid to get the fourth car in the garage <laughs> honey, again. Honey? Honey? Fourth car. Here we go. He must choose wisely. Since he lives in California, he has to deal with the smog test, which is yeah. a pain. He said yeah. it's already a pain having to put his, his Mazda Miata back to stock for it to pass the smog test. Sure, sure. And he's unable to move since they love San Francisco, love California. So he's going to the nice 1975 and older cars, currently eyeing. As a smog workaround. At, yeah, which yeah. is interesting. Okay, yeah. keep going. Keep going. He's eyeballing the and Z of any model, 1975 or older.
1: Sure. Like that one we drove. Yeah, like like BMW 2002.
0: mm mm-hmm. That's 75 good. 75 or older. Or, of course, 911, 1975 or older. He says this is probably the furthest away in price range. Yeah, yeah. And the criteria he's got is minimal rust. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's, that doesn't crop up a lot in our debates. <laughs> you know what? I just want a, a less rusty car. But if you're buying in California or Arizona... You're not gonna have a problem anyway. You're, you're really not. Nevada, but yeah. if you buy somewhere else and have it shipped in, don't don't buy. In it salt is lake. an issue. <laughs> we have salt from our lake, Are and it's any, all
1: the roads. Yeah.
0: Cars that aren't uh, yeah unrestored still existing here.
1: Yeah, it's frightening. Anyway,
0: he says his budget has moved from about five to ten up to ten to twenty thousand because minimal rust. So he's willing to pay money for yeah. minimal rust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also going to drive this car for a while before doing a motor swap. See, this is the big twist
1: here. Is it 75 and older, yeah. but Dalton is a wrencher. Dalton is one of those guys, This is not me, where he can't leave well enough alone. He's like, I I should do this to this car now. I, I should do this to this car. I mean, this, is, I mean, this is the money this, part. This is the situation where, again, his Mazda Speed Miata, he loves it. He has to take it back to stock to get it to pass smog. Okay? So whatever car he gets, he's going to do stuff to. There's no
0: question. Well, he says he's most likely going to start with suspension and brakes first. Yeah, yeah. And this will be a drive around town, cruising, and some canyon car. He says no track since he's got the Mazda Mazda Speed Miata, the MSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heretofore known as the MSM. Good to know, yes. He loves Japanese cars. He's been a BMW guy as well, as evidenced by his 2016 M3. Mm Mm-hmm. If he goes with the Datsun, he'll either rebuild the motor or put a DJZ or a V6, as you do. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah. If he goes with the 2002, he'd stuff a Honda S2000 motor in it. Okay. Which would be hot. But- By the way, at SEMA, we found a Honda 600 with a, uh, a Hayabusa engine in it. Yes. Or a Honda, it was a it was a, high power, was a high power bike cool. engine and
1: tank yeah it was literally they had the, the hood open and it was just it, somebody had chopped up a motorcycle and shoved the tank and engine into the front of this little tiny so honda cool. and they had a fuel cell on the back but when you closed everything up you had no idea i bet super that thing cool.
0: screamed i mean we've seen similar things in the in the front of original mini coopers the small ones sure, yeah, yeah. the builds of those yeah yeah interesting idea and he says if i find the funds and persuade the wife for a porsche it would stay mostly stock I like that because you're keeping it as is. Sure. I'm wondering, by the way, Dalton, if you want to investigate the whole electricGT.com thing about Look at you, stuffing the electric again. V8, yeah. the electric motor. They build an electric yeah, yeah. engine, essentially, yeah, yeah, in the shape sure. of V8. Yeah. It's just an electric motor. But it looks like, and it takes the place of a V8 that mm-hmm. they can stuff into whatever car. Now, it's far more expensive if you buy one. Mm-hmm, I, I don't know what the costs are involved. It's it's pretty extensive. But I'm, I'm liking the idea because... The electric motors made up really well with manual transmissions. Kind of an interesting thought for you. My question for you is, if you got this fourth car, Mm -hmm. how much would you drive the M3? Well, or the Miata, for that matter, because it's already
1: listed as a seldom track car.
0: I mean, you're in fourth car land now. I'm in
1: fourth car land, yes. We're all in
0: fourth car land. It's frightening, yes. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I, I hope to achieve, achieve fourth car.
1: Yeah, well, but here's the thing. You talk about the fact that your, your wife drives and loves her Mini Club S, So I see why that gets driven. You as a family go out in the M3. The Miata okay. is already listed as not driven very much. You add a fourth car. I think that Miata is going to be quickly not driven at all.
0: And the new car will either be driven a lot or the BMW will sit. It, it, this is the problem.
1: Now, granted, I'm putting R- problem, problem in quotes. I'm putting problem in quotes because, you know, why have fourth car when you have 10 cars? I mean, this is we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. The reason we don't all have a garage that rivals Jay Leno is because we don't have the money or the storage space. If we had money and storage space, we would all have a crazy garage like that. Of We'd course. be like, this terrible, rusted thing that hasn't driven in 10 years, I have it because, and we would have a story. We all would.
0: That's why you have these cars, just for the story. You don't drive them. Practically, you just tell stories about they're
1: them. They're like, they're like, rotting time pieces of another part of your life. But but here's Weird. the thing. I really want you to drive drive something. I have a couple of recommendations for you, but I also think I have your car.
0: Oh, really? I think so. I think so. I was thinking about, Dalton, the Porsche 924 for you because okay. 944s are awesome. They are. Could you just leave those alone for everybody who wants a track car <laughs> that wants to keep the original engine with them? Could you just like not touch one of those and get the 924 okay. and put, some, right. put the S2000 engine in that thing? Interesting. 924s are very inexpensive. Yeah, they are. You can build them out. They're, I mean, 924s do have a pretty good racing history mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. But you could do something with the 924. They're cheap. I think cheaper and kind of more interesting in the way for an engine swap than the 944, even though yeah. we do love the LS swap 944. We do love that. <laughs> sure, sure. I was thinking about 928 with an LS swap. I mm-hmm. mean, LS swap good everything. Proof. Yeah. How about a 1987 Mazda RX-7 Turbo with an LS? That's really interesting. <laughs>
1: okay. He is, he is about – Dalton's about changing motors. That is an interesting part of this. Yeah, for it sure. It is true. Yeah. But
0: I'm just wondering, is it about – is this purchase about the work and the motor change mm-hmm. or is it about the driving? I wonder too. I'm trying to too. read yeah, through yeah. the lines here. I'm trying to get to the question behind the question. Yeah. Is it more about I want the car to work on because of project and fun? Yeah. Because he's got the other three cars that just run. And
1: he's making this as a canyon-only car. He's kind of dedicating it as a fun. And and there are so many fun roads in California. That's the place where California beats almost any other state is just sheer number of fun driving roads that are available year-round. I've said this before. The coolest thing about California from a driving perspective is if you look on Google Maps and you see a squiggle high in the mountains in Utah, in Colorado, in lots of places, that squiggle is probably dirt. Mm -hmm. In California, Mm -hmm. it's paved. You just go drive it. That's where we did our mid-inches the mountains movie because all those crazy squiggles back to the middle of absolute nowhere are paved. Yeah. So you've got tons of great roads. I get this is going to be a canyon carver. Uh, I have a couple ideas. Also, there's this one quick thing I want to touch on, Dalton. As you're exiting, as you're exiting the scene in this, as you're finishing your email, it's (laughs) like the grenade over your shoulder. By the way, fifth car, (laughs) SUV for the wife.
0: Ah, uh, wow.
1: It's, it's, it's like this throwaway paragraph at the end. I want to speak to that real quickly. You said uh, you'd like to have a unique SUV, something about twenty grand, et cetera. Uh, you could go Cayenne. You've listed Cayenne here. I think that's a good one. Go Cayenne over Touareg. The Touareg, uh, everybody I knew that had one had a lot of problems. Land Cruiser's fine. Land Rover Defender, you're mentioning these. that Possibly, but I don't know what your reliability is going to be on that, uh, that Defender. Land Cruiser's, uh, there's a whole rabbit trail there. Oh, there's a subculture about Land If it's, if it's your wife's craters. car, I think
0: you just need to get something that's going to be fine and run like it is. Well, the reason he's suggesting this is he wants the SUV to be different. The fifth car yes, to be a different car. kind of SUV for towing the MSM. Mm-hmm. Real quickly, Don. Which Dalton, may not get tracked anymore because he's going to have a fourth car. This is true. convoluted. Yeah. Hang on. One more quick idea on your engine swap idea, your engine have a swap car kind still. of car. I have a car form still. I want you to do something that is... I, I like your 2002 engine in a BMW. I like... You know, actually Rob Dom has been doing the Corvette with the rotary in it. and I like just, just keeps adding the number of rotors something, it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's interesting and different. I like that. So I was thinking about some old Jag with an engine swap that isn't an LS. Oh, interesting. Okay. It could All be right. an inline. It could be a 2JZ. It could be something sure, like sure, that. Sure, yeah. But just something that is, if this is not the track car, it doesn't have to be the super-duper handling kind of thing. It could just mm-hmm. be the interesting engine swap sure, car. Sure, could be. So yeah. I want you to go off into the weeds of doing something different. And I, I was thinking Jaguars, thinking maybe Corvettes, but that's a mm. little bit tougher because, you know, if they need the LS. But <laughs> uh, something in that range. But then... Even newer than that, I was thinking like the 93 Mercedes-Benz 190E, that mm. 2.6 sport line that had yeah, the Cosworth yeah. engine. Yeah. Just build that into a tribute car. Instead of an engine swap, do a tribute car of something that was okay. a All right. hotter you know, race car or homologation car. Okay. Do something like that. So you put the crazy wing and I just want a manual. Evo, Cosworth, Mercedes. You just want one in your life somehow. Just You're do. trying to get somebody else to build you one for the heck of it. Just do. I love it. Anyway, so on this fifth SUV thing, yes to the Land Cruiser. How about the 80s Jeep Grand Wagoneer? Oh, that's a good one. If find one. That's a good one, yeah. They're worth like 80 grand refurbished on the Wagon Master site. Funny. Or you mentioned the Touareg. I found seven V10 diesel Touaregs. Don't
1: do that. Don't do that. At a high
0: mileage. Don't do that at all. Like,
1: that would be your towing champion. Yes. Tow your house down the street instead of your your Miata, but yeah.
0: Or just a regular diesel Cayenne from like 2013, 2014. I bet you could find them cheap.
1: You can get Cayennes for very cheap. I think that is the the leader here. But I also think, look at the Durango's. With the heavy motors. Oh sure, sure. You can get a surprisingly those are cheap, aren't they? Yeah, you, and you can get a surprisingly powerful family SUV that not everybody has. If you go some SRT Durango or some Durango with a heavy duty motor, <laughs> yeah, those true. things will surprise you in power, and they got a ton of space. I did think about those two, but I, I have to go to his car. The fourth. Let's solve the fourth car here. I have to. I have to mention. We're this jumping real, around a lot we are, here, but it's fine because his email. Seriously, it was that grenade over the shoulder. By the way, fifth car. <laughs> That's true. Let's like, go to fourth what? car. So I love your 2002 idea. I see it. I like the old and Z. I see that. There's nothing wrong with those, but I think I have your car. Okay. Because it's quirky and unique and great on a back road, period. And then you can build it into whatever monster you want, and nobody's going to cry sacrilege. Okay. And you can have all kinds of fun. Okay. You need a Porsche 914.
0: True. I mean, they do do the, the 350 Chevy swaps tons, with those. Tons of swaps are already in, yeah. in existence. But that's yeah. the
1: thing about it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. People have done crazy swaps in that car of all kinds you can imagine. Pick your hmm. swap preference. Hmm. We drove the one that Grios had that had a larger 911 motor in it. You're right. There's 350s so that have been put in that. There's all kinds of things. You have tons of options, and the kits and the conversions exist. No one is worried about, quote, unquote, ruining a 914. That's true. But platform-wise, they're great. Yeah, and you are. don't see them all the time. And yeah. you really rarely see them really well built out. Yeah. A really bu- well yeah. built out one of those is just undeniably cool. Get yourself a Porsche 914. That's decide good. Decide how nuts you want to go. That's good. Nobody else is going to have that that you will know. if you And if you do, you know what? Congratulate him as well and go to a car show together. But 914 <laughs> exactly. and I'm stopping.
0: I like that a lot. All right, Dalton. Please let us know what you end up getting. I, I'm really curious on this one. We've given you a few ideas, but, yeah, I'm just wondering if it's more about the swap than the than the actual finished thing. I think it's all of the above.
1: Yeah, maybe it's all so. Of the above. It's making the car into the monster he wants it to be, and that's why I think you've got to have a platform like the
0: 914 that you can just do it with. All right, jump into social media questions, guys. Thank you so much for all your great questions on here as well. Mm-hmm. Josh on Twitter says, Do we ever discuss the price before seeing or driving a car we're wanting to purchase? Hmm. Uh, we just kind of went through this whole buying process with the two (laughs) big sedans. Ultimately, no, you don't. You don't discuss the price. You see what it's listed for. Great. But you're not there to discuss price yet. First of all, you're wanting to ideally see the car first. Ideally. There's the whole buy sight unseen kind of thing. Ship across the country. Have it pull off a truck near you. Yeah. Don't do that, that either. Yeah, that's not good. Lots of photos are very helpful. And then if you can drive the car obviously do but if you can't you know have a proxy yeah ideally yeah if you can but ultimately you want to get a, as good a sense of this car before you even talk money mm-hmm. you never want to go in and talk unless you think you want to buy it but yeah. even then you've made a snap judgment about oh i like that looks good yeah carfax checks out boom let's I mean, do it
1: we, we we i did this but i did this knowing i was being crazy you know, yes, yeah. and
0: you're doing it with a purpose and Ideally, to get, yes. you know, something out of it. Hopefully a and it runs. And then ultimately suspension. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They go away. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, no, you never want to discuss the price. And that goes for, you know, any on-the-lot buying or in-person buying and driving, that kind of thing. But before you even see it, no, I would never discuss price because you need to get a certain sense of the car first. You see some photos, you see, you get an understanding description of it Especially before you even go down there. If road. you
1: have the ability to go drive it, driving it is so illuminating because you realize that that thing you had no idea was wrong is now wrong because you're sitting in the car and you can tell. And that changes price discussions for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. All Scott, right. Scott Berger wrote in on Facebook and said, This is interesting. I, I thought about this for a minute. Would less crash safe cars lead to better driving by the average person. (laughs) I see where your head's at, Scott, and my answer to you is no, and here's why. We as humans... We love to endanger ourselves. Pick your topic, okay? And maybe you've gotten to a place in life where you're like, I don't do that thing that was dangerous anymore. But you had a time in your life when you endangered yourself, okay? Okay. Guys that – and look, I love Nate who does motorcycles for us. I know a lot of guys that ride motorcycles. I do not understand the guy – even though I've heard the arguments about the – I mean, it's true here in Utah. I don't need to wear a helmet. It it ruins the experience on my motorcycle. That is endangering yourself at a high degree, and you were justifying it. We as humans, look, I rock climb, I ski, I bike fast, I've been thrown off a bike, I've wrecked on skis,
0: I've grounded
1: at rock climbing. All of these things have happened. We endanger ourselves for fun. What we don't like to do is take responsibility for our own safety. We're bad about it. As, as, yeah. co- as humans, as a collective, sure. we want to point a finger and say, it's that person's fault I got hurt. Yeah, We love to do that. So if cars were less crash safe, there would be more people getting in just as many wrecks, possibly more dangerous wrecks, and trying to sue the automaker for it. The automaker, it's in the automaker's best interest to make their cars just like Jiffy Pop popcorn bags when anything happened. It's in their interest because there's less suing. Modular airbags. You can add airbags. You can take them off. I'm surprised that it ex- that's like a whole so – wait, where's the investor? Because that's <laughs> – there are parents out there that will airbag the heck out of there. You'll be able to see. But my, my point <laughs> here, plate. Scott, is that we don't take enough responsibility for our own safety and worry about it enough that if the car was less safe, we'd be concerned. Now, when I'm driving along in my Lotus with my ankles as the crash structure and I get behind a side an 18-wheeler, I think about my safety.
0: Mm-hmm, but sure. I'm also
1: not normal. So, yeah, I don't think it would help.
0: Interesting. All right. A question here from Major Wilkes on Instagram, who says, A couple of years ago there were conversations going on about the potential for a new Chevelle to be made. He personally did not like what I saw. I was curious if we had any kind of new Chevelles or had seen any kind of new Chevelles. He also wondered if we thought that they would be worth looking into making. And if we would not want to see the Chevelle remade, what muscle car would we like to see brought back now? Clearly, the brand recognition for what used to be considered kind of muscle cars or pony cars has been thrown out the window mm. as far as connotation associated with the muscle car. Like a Machi. Like a Machi Mustang. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> because imagine the 1970 Chevelle SS 454. Okay. Now introduced as a hybrid or an electric yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. The name suggests muscle cars, you said. Yeah, it does. It It's already there. And the concept cars, I'm with you. They were from a few years back, and they were small cars. They were more small, nimble cars. Mm-hmm. So the brand name already associated with the Chevelle name didn't match this concept. And yeah. I can see yeah, why. Yeah. You're expecting Chevelle, and you have it's already in your head. What it should look like, sure, or yeah, yeah. something close to it, or, or or at least the category that it fits in, for sure. And yeah, we've yeah. seen that is no longer sacred. Yeah, Ford that's has across that. the board. Yep, you're right. I mean, will right. Nissan bring back the Skyline, and mm. it's an SUV? Oh wow! Or it's an electric SUV, or yeah, you know, I see something it. like I that. See it, yeah, could that happen? Maybe, but you're already yeah. trading on that name. You think I know what a Skylight? What? Why that's is not it that? a Skylight. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So they've misused the brand name that they've curated mm, mm. over the years. I think that's going to be tough for that name to be resurrected. I think we need to leave the Chevelle name where it was, where interesting. it is. That's because it, you, you have that name in your head, and you think, yeah. "That's not a Chevelle." It will be very interesting to see what happens with the Mustang Maki. Whether agree. I agree, people will eventually embrace it and they'll buy them, or will they just hit rental fleets and? Well, but I think they'll be bought, but the bit larger question is, what does it do to the
1: Mustang at large? I think it's a very mm-hmm. interesting question that we don't know about yet. Christopher M on Facebook said this, I like this one. Would you rather an electric Miata MX5 or a new RX car, meaning a new rotary car, which would we prefer? Christopher, I actually think an electric Miata would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Because of the yeah. Miata,
1: look, there, there, there have been various engines in the Miata, and they are, depending upon how easily they rev, some of them are more fun than others. We did a piece on all the generations of the Miata a while back. We're getting the new uh, updated motor for season six. We're very excited about that. That's a really cool piece coming on that car as well. But the Miata has never been a car that people love because of the engine. mm. There have been good Mm -hmm. engines and bad engines, but it's not a car you buy because of the engine. It's not the flat six from Porsche. It's not a big rumbly V8. It isn't a Hemi anything. It's not an engine that is known for its personality.
0: Hmm. Yeah, true. That
1: car is about its dynamics. If they could figure out a 2,400-pound Miata or even a 2,000-pound Miata that was all electric – it would have instant power all the time and let you just enjoy the dynamics. The difficulty there is going to be making it light and small enough and have a decent range. If they could pull all that off, let's say 250 miles of range in a car that weighs 2,000 pounds and has constant electric punch, but the really good dynamics that a Miata have always had, I think that's a victory across the board.
0: Hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: I think the problem with the rotary is the rotary is so niche. It's, it, the rotary is a science project.
0: Yeah. And they're yeah. very
1: cool and the engines are amazing the way that they just spin and spin and spin and it's very fun, but ultimately they are much more science project than viable motor for the modern time.
0: I mean, I've always liked the idea of rotary, the, the mechanical components are spinning in one direction only, it's they're not reciprocating cool. back it's and forth. It's very cool. Yes. But yeah, they clearly couldn't really figure it out for for future use. M Holdren on Instagram says, "Are there tips or product recommendations for getting rid of windshield micro pitting?" Even after cleaning, the front mm. windshield looks awful on a sunny day. Yep. If this is something that really bothers you, and it, it depends on the pits, Griot's Garage has glass polish, and you oh. can use it with their random orbital, especially the brand new one. So you could get that and try the glass Look polish and okay. go over your glass. Now, ultimately, what that's going to do is make your wipers run smoother on your windshield. Okay. It might do very little for the pitting itself. Ultimately, you might have to replace the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do, we've got a huge mine here in Utah okay and a lot of the the shuttle buses and vans have just the clear film yeah. applied much like you do to the exterior of a car over the paint they do that to the windshield for yeah. for this very reason because yeah. they're up against those huge mining dump trucks mm-hmm. and huge rocks being thrown up in boulders and you know fist-sized chunks of stuff at the windshields of the gmc vans that they use to transport workers around that kind of interesting thing. point yeah so you could investigate just that now it's going to Depending on what you go with, it might affect the the clarity just a little bit, but it might be just enough to not notice and protect your windshield a little bit longer. Now it's choice. I don't see everybody doing that. I think it's actually a rare thing. But if it does bug you that much, you could first start with the Griot's product, the glass polish. Mm -hmm. There's a cleaner and a polish that will do wonders, and it, it removes stains and water stains and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then the next level is obviously replacing the windshield itself and then protecting it at that point. Again, you're going to have to do some investigating on the film that for you sure. use of the windshields. But it is, especially for you know construction zones and mining and all that kind of stuff they have. Wow. Well done. Well done. There's so many good questions. We're not
1: going to get to all of them. Uh, There's a question from Dammit Patton I want to touch on really quickly. You've asked it, Dammit Patton, and so have a few others. Essentially, are we going to do head-to-head, side-by-side testing videos of the Phaeton and the Maserati? The the short answer is yes. Exactly what we're going to do is still TBD. But we're doing a piece for television against some newer sedans. That's uh, also TBD. And then we're also going to do a lot of YouTube content on the cars individually and these two cars together. They're going to be covered a lot, folks. So that is definitely coming. Another one here is uh, let's see. Rich Johnson has said, "Has we ever considered having a raffle for a spot on the pilgrimage trip?" That's a cool idea. It's a very cool idea. I don't. I wonder about the level of interest there because here's the thing: it's an expensive the, trip. The but,
0: level of interest would be there. The level of interest, I guarantee. Would be there, but that. Yes, but
1: the thing is that the it'd be like the car raffles we've done in that, like the mini raffle. And we're going to do more in the future in that there would have to be a minimum. If the raffle doesn't reach the minimum Mm -hmm. because the, the trip has real costs. We don't have the ability yeah. to just absorb a spot, but I could totally see a raffled spot happening. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting, Rich. I like the idea. If, if those of you listening, if you like that idea, you're intrigued by it, fire us an email or social media or something. And just kind of just ping us that you're intrigued by that idea. Maybe we'll do that. But like I say, it's got to have the, the minimum would have to be the equivalent of, a full paying person. Yeah. Bec- which means a lot of you would go in and one of you would get to go, but uh, hey, it'd be fun anyway.
0: It's essentially a raffle at a chance of an experience rather than raffling a product, exactly. a car, exactly or something. Right. Yep. And then yep. people who didn't win would feel like, oh, I just sort of funded your trip. Yeah. But then there's, there's always the chance that you might win. Yeah, so I, I wonder.
1: And, I, and no, look, no. you guys are awesome with the funding you did for the Maserati and the Phaeton. And so we want to be careful how many times we go like, hey, we're raffling
0: something. I don't want it to be a constant thing. But that's a, it's a cool idea, Rich. I'll give you that. There's a question here from Kelvin Tamayo who said, have you ever listened to stuff in your car that you would be ashamed if someone else heard it? <laughs> We no all? i've never listened to taylor swift in my car
1: well but that doesn't that doesn't mean that that's what it is <laughs> something you were playing you, you it's that thing you get to the stoplight and you turn it down <laughs> that's what it is that that's when you know what it is we've all done that you uh, get to the stoplight you're like i ought to turn that down in case somebody can
0: hear uh, it i mean if somebody jumped in your car and you were listening to blank would i be in i guess not no and he says i sometimes listen to Eurotrance. okay and he says he's a six foot three black man, not exactly ones onesie sued. Okay, I, I don't know. Whatever. I, I I I
1: do think it's I, I don't that, know that big. I've done that? Ask yourself personally. What's the car? What's the music you've been playing in your car? And you pulled to a stoplight, and you thought I ought to turn this down. I mean, it's <laughs> just been what that classic is. rock, or sure, uh-huh.
0: some EDM. <laughs> Keep digging. Trashy. Keep digging yourself. <laughs> huh. I mean, well, yeah. I don't think so. Uh.
1: Uh (laughs) I think you're going to dig a hole for yourself. It's all bad. (laughs) Markian501 on Instagram said, okay, what's the ratio of maintenance cost versus car payments that makes you just sell a car? Oh, this is a great question. He loves his Porsche 996. He thinks it's great, but he just had to replace a window regulator at $1,400, and that was the one that he he actually put it in himself. He's just saying, okay, I think it might be time. Markian, look, there's a, there's a personal level of pain, and Paul and I are stretching our levels of pain with these new sedans or old sedans. <laughs> there's a personal level of pain you have to, to deal with here, but I feel like it's not actually a matter. And the Lancer that I brought up earlier is a good example. I got the Lancer, and I put money into it instantly servicing the transmission, and then I got brakes all the way around and tires all the way around. And there was a lot of money instantly up front. The Phaeton's the same thing, Okay. I don't think that replacing things that wear out on a car you love is really a reason to get rid of it. The problem is frequency. Hmm. If if that $1,400 window regulator is the only thing you spend on this car this calendar year, other than oil changes, I don't think that's a problem car. If that's the first of six things that happen this calendar year, it's probably time. I think it's... But but you've got to figure out the pain threshold. My typical thinking is if your uh, if your maintenance cost is a car payment in and of itself like if you amortized it out Mm -hmm. then it's time to move on but if you have a car that's great and it's just reached that mileage where it needs these two things and they cost money like my wife's Cayenne
0: I've got a long
1: term of that coming and we had the 120,000 mile service go by and we had to get front brakes and that was expensive had a comma in it that hurt but we wear brakes out on the car okay it doesn't happen every year we spent that money we moved on
0: all right, last question for me here from Hal B. Hal, hello, my friend. He says, any takeaway we can share from your MBA speaking trip in Wyoming? We were just recently invited to speak at the University of Wyoming in Laramie to the graduate MBA class and also the freshman undergrad class mm-hmm. for business admin. Yeah, yeah. And so it was interesting. We we drove out there, and uh, it, was, it was really cool, hosted by Rob Godby and uh, – It it was really interesting and and pretty informative. The graduate MBA class was about twelve people, and they were definitely interested in the inner workings of the business of everyday driver. (laughs) All the
1: things we haven't done (laughs) smart. Yes,
0: interestingly, they applied a certain you know procedure, rule of thumb, you know, moving through time when you have a product and a service and, you know, how do you want to position it and then what's your branding and all this stuff. And they sort of applied that. (laughs) But mainly we told them stories about how it evolved because it's very Uh, non-traditional and it's evolved with tech and with gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess kind of the same thing in a way. But the show started before GoPros and DSLR existed.
1: And at the beginning of YouTube being something that actually even had uh, funding or, I mean, sorry, advertisements in front of
0: it. We started before all of that. Craziness, you know, we've navigated as things have changed, as the landscape has changed as well. And then the freshman class was interesting. So we just kind of told them stories. But both Todd and I asked them, does anybody in the class have a YouTube channel? And then you said, does anybody have a channel with more than a thousand viewers or more More than than a thousand subscribers? subscribers, And the answer was no. I was shocked by that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda interesting. But we we told stories about, you know, navigating YouTube and what that means in the modern age and then our diversification to different platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why, you know, we've got the podcast, we've got Amazon Prime and Motor Trend Mm -hmm. and all these, you know, different places to put content and then going, you know, independent or staying independent versus going, you know, to a larger you know, syndicator network. All those things were discussed, and uh, you know, just had some fun with it. But ultimately, it was, it was a really cool experience to be able to speak at, it, speak cool. live. We just kind of treated it like a podcast in a, in front of a live audience. Answered
1: questions. It was actually very fun. Last question for me. MacMan Three says, "Okay, hey guys, uh, my girlfriend and I are both huge car enthusiasts." He said, "I have a Golf R, Mark Six Golf R. His girlfriend has an Evo Ten GSR. Mm. Very, very cool." She loved the Evo when she first bought it. They both really enjoyed it. Over time, though, they both—remember, she owns the Evo—they both have decided they prefer the Golf R. Hmm. We typically talk about the Evo over the Golf R. He's asking kind of a dual question: either A, are we wrong? What's wrong with us? Or B, what are they missing? <laughs> and here's <laughs> my here's my question back at you, Macman. I'm wondering how you're driving these cars, and don't necessarily mean the actual act of driving I mean the where I mean the how are you using your sure, question sure. because I'll be really honest with you I lo- as you know I love the Evo tent. I love it it's great fun and on a back road driven hard or on a track driven hard I would far prefer the Evo in those kind of scenarios the way it rotates the way it pushes power around is much better than the Golf R experience Okay. in the same way that my Lotus is much better on a back road than almost any other car I can think of But now, let's get off the back road. Let's leave the track. If the two of you are looking at two cars in the driveway and you're going to go get takeout, the Evo is going to be loud and rattly and stiff, and you aren't going to use any of the handling or fun of that car, let's take the Golf. (laughs) It's a much nicer place to be. If we're commuting, if we're road tripping, if we're doing all of these kind of things, the Golf is the better place to be. There's no question. And all of the performance you need in those kind of normal scenarios, the Golf R is going to do great. But you start to really push on a road that is designed to be really pushed, a road that is curvy and fun, that's where the Evo stands out. That's the places where when we've done these push things toward the limits, comparos, the Golf R isn't as good. But I understand if it's a daily, if you're sitting in it all the time, I mean, there's there's a discussion here about the fact that I own a Lotus and a Phaeton. There's going to be plenty of times going to be like, you know what? Let's take the Phaeton. I yeah. love the Lotus. Let's take the Phaeton. Absolutely. There you go.
0: Guys, thanks a million for all your questions. As always, keep asking on social media. Send us your car debates. And we're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.